0: You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7
1: ESPN. Oh, we're off running on this Monday, October 5th. Hey there, what's going on? How's everybody feeling after another big weekend of NFL football? Yeah, good stuff, right? Yeah, well, this is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. More than you could really ever possibly hope to squeeze into just 60 little minutes but we'll give it a go of course the number you know one 800 espn I am on Twitter on Instagram at Gordon Damer. we'll have a daily poll question coming up of course we have Yankee baseball tonight Yankees and Rays game one of the division series and uh, so often you hear the old Joe Girardi line of it's not what you want well tonight is what you want it's exactly what you want You want some playoff baseball after a a weekend uh, without it, and you want it against the team that owned you during the regular season, right? The team you genuinely hate. So we'll get into some of that, what I like about tonight, what I like about the series. Plus, I think a couple of things that jump out that uh, clearly are concerns. Of course, you had the Heat winning uh, Game 3 of the NBA Finals last night. Isn't that adorable? Isn't that adorable? They won a game. Look at them! Oh, well, you know. Look, who knows? Maybe they will win a second game. Probably not, but you never know. It is 2020 after all. But no, the NBA finals are already over. The Lakers are the champions this year. We know that. We know this. We, the Lakers and their they don't lose to a team like the Heat. Come on, LeBron is going to lose to Jimmy Butler. Get out of here. Plus, we have all the football from Week Four. The fact that there are two games tonight of Chiefs and Patriots getting pushed back, no Cam Newton, the COVID situation with the NFL, and what that means moving forward. Plus, we have a new feature that we are going to unveil on the show today. I am very excited about this. Very everyone, it seems like, every show has their power rankings. NFL power rankings, you know, random rankings of teams. Well, here at the Gordon Damer Show. We are going to use that concept, though, in a different way, and I'm very excited about it. We'll unveil it a little bit later in the show. But yesterday was a very interesting week in the NFL, week four. Already, it feels like the season just began. Maybe not if you're watching Jets and Giants games every week. It feels like it's been a lo- it's only four games? Oh, my God. But we're at the quarter pole Already 25% of the season, at least as we're planning it right now, is, uh, is gone. And it was interesting yesterday to me because with the Jets playing on Thursday and the Giants not playing until 4, it opened up that 1 o'clock window to all the games, really. You could watch whatever you wanted. Now, obviously, I, I uh, am an idiot, so I watched a lot of Seattle and Miami. But if you wanted to watch that Bucks and Chargers game, boy, that was, that was exciting. Tom Brady at 43 doing what he's doing. That crazy Browns and Cowboys game. The Saints and the Lions game where the Lions come out and have a lead because they always have a lead. And then the Saints scored 35 straight points. Now, I can't remember which game I was watching. But I was watching one game. And the one team threw a pass. And the wide receiver caught the pass. And then he ran with the ball. And he kept running. All the way to this section of the field where all—you know the little white lines that they have, the the, the yard markers? He ran so far, he ran out of yard markers. And he ran into, like, this uh, painted section of the field. And he was very happy about this. And he and his teammates celebrated. And the announcer—again, I don't remember who it was—but the announcer informed us that what that guy did, that receiver, what he did was called a touchdown which is apparently worth six points. It's like a double field goal, right? You, you, we're used to watching field goals here. We know what field goals are. But this thing that he did, this touchdown thing, it's worth double. And you get a chance to even add to it even more. You could either kick an extra point or you could go for a two-point conversion. It was very, very exciting. Now, I took this knowledge with me to the uh, Giants and Rams game at 4 o'clock Although when uh, it came to the Giants, I did not get to see any double field goals. I got to see a lot of regular field goals. Not any double field goals, or as they're also known, as touchdowns. So the Giants lost to uh, the Rams 17-9. to So the Giants are now uh, 0-4. And uh, more importantly for me, now I am not a Giant fan. If you are a Giant fan and you want to vent, certainly feel free, 1-800-919-ESPN. But I'm not a Giant fan. But I watch the games every week because we got to talk about the games. We got to see how, what progress is being made with the team. So the Giants are now 0 4, but at least from my point of view, the bigger standout is they're boring as hell. And yesterday, if yesterday had simply been an outlier, you'd say okay. But the Giants are pretty consistently boring as hell to watch. And coming into the year, I actually had some optimism about the Giants. Not that they were going to be good, but I thought that they would be at least exciting, right? Coming into the year, Saquon, Sterling Shepard, Slayton, Ingram, the offensive line maybe would be better, Daniel Jones in year two. They have not scored 20 points in any game this season. Twelve teams in the NFL yesterday scored 30 By themselves, lots of double field goals for those teams. The Giants are averaging under 12 points a game. Hard to believe they're 0-4, right? Yeah, I know. Shocking. All you need to know, more so than any stat that I could possibly give you, all you need to know about how bad the Giants' offense has been is that the Jets' offense has actually been better. Oh, my God, what an indictment of your franchise. Joe Judge kept saying after the game, you know, we we got to get the uh, ball in the end zone more. I would say you got to get the ball in the end zone at some point. Or, Or at all, Joe, if you could. If at some point we could see, you know, somebody went through the trouble of painting the Giants in the end zone, you should at least throw a pass in there so maybe we get to see their fine handiwork. At least see what it looks like, right? If there was a crime committed in the Giants' end zone this season, there would be no witnesses. The only thing harder to find is the Giants' number of appearances on the Red Zone channel. Scott Hansen thinks the Giants disbanded as a franchise. He hasn't seen them all year. The two main takeaways from yesterday is, and and this one's really the, the first one, and I will say this, at least with the Giants, they fought. The Giants' offensive line fought. In the first quarter, I think it was, Daniel Jones had been sacked four times already. He was sacked five times overall for the game. So the offensive line fought. They didn't make it embarrassing. They didn't get the quarterback killed. But let's be honest, as good as it is that they fought, the offensive line somehow still stinks. They still can't run the ball. They still can't protect the quarterback for very long. You know, like people were saying, well, you got to take some shots downfield. They can't protect long enough to get the ball downfield. And what does that say about the Giants? That After all the assets they've used to fix the offensive line, draft picks and trades and free agents, the line still stinks. Now, maybe it's not as bad, as as embarrassing as it was when Dave Gettleman first got here, but it was the first thing that he said when he got here. We got to fix the offensive line. And it seems pretty clear at this point, it will be the first thing when the next guy gets here that he'll say, well, you know what, we got to fix the offensive line. It's still terrible. Now, they fought hard, and it could have been a lot worse, especially against the Rams' defense that is very, very good. And, of course, um, Aaron Donald, as impressive as he is, he was pretty much, at least after I would say the first quarter, really was not much of a factor in the game. Now, he was a factor, but he didn't you know come in and just uh, blow up play after play after play. The second thing is, you have to be fair. Daniel Jones has not taken any step forward. This was supposed to be year two. You thought, coming into the year at least, that he'd finally have all his weapons at his disposal. And I get it, with Saquon being hurt and Sterling Shepard not being there. He's been thrown a tough little hand. But he has not stepped forward at all. When Saquon got hurt, I pointed out last year what his numbers looked like when Saquon got hurt, and they look about the same this year. And one of the reasons why you had some optimism this year was, at least you thought, with Daniel Jones, and one of the reasons I had some optimism was he had this glaring weakness that was so easy to identify, turning the ball over, either fumbles or or, or interceptions. And you figure if something is so easy to identify, right, That it would be easier to fix or easier to address. Well, it's still a problem. He fumbled another ball on Sunday. Now he got it back, but he had another killer pick. And I think that that hope you had for Daniel Jones is fading fast. It's not a sign of weakness to admit your young quarterback is regressing or failing or not getting the job done or whatever term you want to put on it. And for all the talk we have of Jet fans living in this bubble where everything is everybody's fault except Sam Darnold, to be fair, you'd have to say pretty much the same things about Daniel Jones. And you can blame the offensive line, you can blame the weapons, you can blame the coaching, you can blame the game plan, blame whatever you want. Last year, week four, Jones won his second game, beat Washington. That win feels like it was five years ago. Probably because since then, the Giants have basically lost every game they've played. They, lost, they have now lost 13 of 14 games. The only win they got in that span was the win that cost you Chase Young. But, to be fair, and I think I'm a pretty fair guy, you do have to factor in that at least the Giants games are competitive. Now, not last week against the Niners, but they're not decided generally at halftime. Oh, Gordon, what are you, counting moral victories? Uh, Yeah. It's not like I can count actual ones. So sure. Now, are they close to breaking through? No. But at least they don't break your will to live watching these games. At least you have something to watch. Now, it's as boring as hell. It's watching paint dry. But at least they give you something. It's not a lot. But it's more than the other team in town. And it's impossible not to compare the Jets and the Giants. I know you probably shouldn't, right? They always say if you have two kids, you never compare your one child to the other. But sometimes it's impossible not to. And the Giants are like the kid who does poorly in school on tests, right? He's failing in his classes. Tries hard, but fails. The Jets are the kid who doesn't even show up to the test. They're out stealing cars and vaping. And they're seven. You know, the Giants are the kid that gets detention. The Jets are expelled because they dropped the F-bomb in preschool. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to come down too hard on the Giants. And we do come down hard on them. They're 0-4. They stink. But it's like having one kid who doesn't eat their vegetables and the other kid is setting fires in the backyard and trying to poison the babysitter. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to crush one team too much when they're actually the better of the two. Not by a lot. But they are better. They at least compete, at least they fight. So the Giants, you know, they're like the kid who, you know, they kind of struggle to maybe make friends. The Jets are the twelve year old who has a tattoo and is starting a gang. So I get it, Giants are 0-4, and they're boring. But in terms of New York football, at least they're not Damien with six 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 written across their forehead. 1 800 ESPN, 1 800 919 3776. Coming up, we'll get your phone calls involved, but we do have to focus on the Yankees because the Yankees are back. They are back tonight. It's game one, the Yankees and the Rays. Of course, we'll have coverage right here on 98.7 FM ESPN New York. All the Yankee games, for as long as they go, they will be right here on 98.7 FM ESPN New York. You get K Show until 7, Carlin at 7. And then at eight o'clock, Yankees and Rays game one. But if they don't win tonight, might be uh, might be over quicker than a New York football season. So our poll question, which is going up for today on Twitter at Gordon Damer, is it's pretty simple: Is tonight a must win for the Yankees? Is it a must win for the Yankees? Either yep or nah. And you could vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter at Gordon Damer. By the way. Has there been any updated information on when the uh, hog mollies are going to arrive? You know, when you order something on Amazon, which my wife does basically every single day, I mean, that poor guy coming to the house, I mean, he comes there three times a day. The amount of cardboard in the garage is, is unbelievable. But, you know, Amazon does a good job of updating you on when your your, your, your delivery is going to be arriving by the house. I'm just wondering if, uh, if, if Gettleman, if Gettleman Prime can uh, ever update us on when the hog mollies are going to get here because we could say, Alexa, order hug mo- Reorder ho- Is it reorder or just, I think it's just order. I, I think you just have to order them, not reorder them. Oh, there's Alexa in the corner there. You might have been able to hear her. She's uh, talking. I, I probably should not have said that. All right, 1 800 919 ESP. She's still babbling. All right. I didn't know there was an Alexa over here. I I'm, I'm broadcast out of my uh, in-law's house. So um, they apparently have one of those dots in the corner over there. I thought, I thought it would be a fun little gag. <laughs> it's, not, it's not fun until you hear a voice responding to you at 520 in the morning. All right. 1-800-919-ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Poll question for today is, uh, is tonight a must win for the Yankees? And I think I would say, yep. Yeah. Look, game ones of series, I point out all the time that Game 1s are generally overblown, right? People see one, Game 1 of a best-of-five or a best-of-seven, and they make all these assumptions based off of it, uh, assuming that things are going to pick up right where they left off in Game 2 from Game 1. There's always going to be adjustments and readjustments. Each game is different. That said, yeah, Yankees got to win tonight. Uh, when you look at anything outside of the lineup, the edge goes to the Rays. So when you think about this series, the thing that I'm stuck with that's kind of hard to envision— that the Yankee bullpen is not going to cost them at some point. The performance of the guys of the pen, five games in five days. How good the Rays are, and let's be honest, Aaron Boone being slow at the switch repeatedly to pull guys from games. I mean, there's been more than a few examples of that. So get game one. Uh, really, better get game one. Uh, otherwise, you might be uh, you might be screwed. So, but uh, as everybody will point out. The Yankees have no excuses. And that is true. They have no excuses. They have to win. They have to win. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's people want to uh, get in on the uh, conversation about the Giants. We'll go to uh, John is in West Babylon. John, what's going on, my man?
2: Hey. Hey, Gordon Dimmer. First time, call, long time fan. I got to say, I can't even watch the Giants anymore. It's just painful the last few years. So it's not like I'm watching him get to the end zone. And then Gettleman's got to go. I don't know what he's doing. I'm over Daniel Jones. Just give me Trevor Lawrence. Let him keep losing. But I'm, I still can't get over picking Saquon Barkley at number two when we're nowhere near winning. We could have done something to get Quentin Nelson instead. Guy's, what, one of the best
0: guards in the league?
1: Yeah, I mean, we spent so much time uh, talking about Darnold or, or Barkley or Barkley or Donald. Obviously, the uh, correct answer, at least so far, has been uh, neither or neither, right? I mean, it should have been uh, either trade. I mean, what you see with both these teams is they don't have a lot of talent on either on either squad. And um, you know, stockpiling picks and, and and looking at the you know, realizing where you are. You know, the Jets thought, oh, we just have to get a franchise quarterback, and that will help turn things around. Well, he hasn't been a franchise quarterback at least so far, and it's not turned anything around. And the Giants thought, you know, let's get a plug-and-play player, and that will kind of help our offense. And this, uh, they real didn't realize where they were, and just I think what how much work they really had in terms of a rebuild. So, uh, yeah, I mean, both, uh, both teams kind of screwed it up. And, uh, you know, I, I've been saying, and uh, John, thanks for the call, that if the Jets end up with the first pick, you, the, the move to make it, it, it makes the evaluation of Sam Darnold very, very easy. If you end up with the first pick, you take Trevor Lawrence. Because if you end up with the first pick, that's three years of Sam Darnold. I'm not wasting any more time. I'm not passing up on a franchise quarterback at the top of the draft. I'm, t- I'm taking Trevor Lawrence. Now, if the Giants somehow end up with the first pick, Daniel Jones is only in year two, not in year three. What do I do if I'm the Giants? I take Trevor Lawrence. All the same points uh, still apply. So uh, I'm not, you know, this idea, hey, if you're either team, or especially the Jets, what you do is you take that number one pick and you uh, you trade down and you stockpile all these picks and you're able to build up all this talent around the quarterback. Yeah, that's going to be another two or three years, assuming you hit on the picks as they come. So what? We're going to be into year five, still wondering if Sam Donald? No. If you get the number one pick, either team, you take Trevor Lawrence. That's it. 1-800-919-ESPN, one 800 Let's go out to uh, Thomas is in Jersey. Thomas, what's going on?
3: Hey, Gordon. Thanks for taking my call today. Hey, man. What's up? Hey, um, you know, we're talking about New York football, and we're not talking about the best team that plays in New York, and that's the Buffalo Bills right now, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, well, uh, look, Th- Thomas, the Bills are great, but that's not New York. I mean, I, you know, no, nobody is taking a Sunday drive to Buffalo and back. You would be quicker driving to hey. uh, to Baltimore and back.
3: That's funny. I, I, do, I live in Jersey, and I go every year. But, um, you know, the one thing that I really don't understand is you know, I, I'm watching Sports Center. I'm watching all these shows, and they're and they're still talking about Cam Newton and the Patriots. Cam Newton, the Patriots. The fact that, you know, the Bills, in my opinion, are playing probably the best football since the days of Jim Kelly. In my opinion, and I just don't think that they're not getting enough credit. And I I just want to know why. I mean, well, you look I mean, at I... Wilson. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, mean I think Holton. I
1: think that they are. I think that I th- I've seen a lot of stuff on on uh, on Josh Allen and how, how great he's playing and how great the Bills are playing and you know, talk about that dra- that quarterback draft and and how Josh Allen has blossomed into this player and has really taken a, a step forward this year, especially throwing the ball, his accuracy and all those type of things. Now look, the Patriots are a national team, right? I mean, they've been so good for so long and now they have you know, a change at quarterback and, and the Brady dynamic with the Bucs and Cam Newton going there. So that's going to get a lot of attention. You know, Belichick's still there. It's still the Patriots. So to say that you're not getting the attention of them is not to say that you're not getting attention, though.
3: Well, a question, though. Now, obviously, Russell Wilson's playing the best football of his of his life, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and he deserves to be in the MVP category. Do you consider Josh Allen to be up there right now in the MVP category for what he's doing in Buffalo.
1: I think you have to right i mean he's he's done a great i mean you watch him each week, and he up until this year, I really thought that you know he makes more plays with his legs with his arm uh I still am not i'm not sold on him this year he is uh he is convincing me that he is you know everything that people are saying he is, so yeah, i mean he's not been eliminated from any conversation now we're only you know as i said twenty five percent through the season there's going to be a long way to go before we get ready to uh, announce who's going to be the m v p and I would think that Russell Wilson is still. Uh, the pretty clear front runner, but no, absolutely. Uh, what he's, what Josh Allen's done this year is uh, he's been fantastic.
3: Yeah. And, and I, and I'm a pretty optimistic bills, fan. I take one game at a time. So I might get my hopes up early. We're, we're facing Tennessee next week. Who's hurt with COVID. And then we got Pat Mahomes coming in to Buffalo on Thursday night. So, I mean, I think that the bills can contend with the chiefs. Do I think they can beat them right now? Probably not. But if the defense holds up well, I think they have a good chance.
1: Well, look, they've been fantastic, and Thomas, thanks for the call. I mean, the Bills are not a local team. Uh, they're not in the tri-state area, so that's why they're, you know, anybody who's going to say, well, you know, Buff, they play in New York. I don't hear anybody bringing that up about the Sabres. Uh, d- does anybody bring that up about when the Sabres don't get enough uh, attention? Does anybody bring up that the Sabres are not getting enough? No, of course not, because they, they, they're they Buffalo. It's, uh, you know, it, it's all well and good to say that's part of New York. It's not really part of New York. We, we know that. Just because... That was part of New York when the United States were, you know, the states were drawn up. If you were drawing up the states right now, Jersey, where the Jets play and the Giants play, that would be part of New York. It wouldn't be part of Jersey. It would be part of New York. Buffalo would not be part of the same state as where the Jets and Giants play. We all know that. Stop trying to find the loophole. I get it. You want to find a loophole. Let's not find a loophole. Uh, Let's go to Lewis and Whippany. Lewis, what's going on? Hey, how you doing, Gordon? I'm good, man. What's listen, up? Listen,
0: there's so much was happening yesterday. So many, oh man. So many great plays. Herbert with the Chargers. That man, that that pass. Oh my God! Like right after Tom Brady throws a touchdown, that kid comes on the field and just slings it down the field. It's like every, my God? Diggs is showing the world that Minnesota should have paid him instead of uh, Kurt Cousins, obviously even though Curry already was paid, so, you know, that doesn't really matter. Um, man, the, uh, there's, there's just a lot, man. The, the I'm so glad the NFL is back. I mean, it gives me such a few, what is it, seven, eight hours of, like, not thinking about anything else but watching amazing plays just happen left and right. And for the love of God, can we get Bill O'Brien fired? That is by far he's, – he's worse than, than gays, man. The oh no! Whoa, this, whoa, 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 the, whoa, whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, 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 Louis! Thank you, Louis. Lewis, Lewis, Lewis. No, no, Louis, Louis, Louis. Thank you for the call, but no, he's not. I mean, look, they've been to the playoffs. I, I get it. But just to say that you can say that Bill O'Brien's bad. Uh, you can you can make that point. I think he is bad, and we will he, he will be featured in our next segment, which I again I am very excited about. But to say that he is worse than Adam Gase, that's that's taking it a step too far. Come on, please please. Uh, all right, let's go to, uh, let's see here. Uh, Sal is in Aberdeen. Sal, what's going on, my man?
2: Hey, Gordon, how you doing, Bob? I'm good. Uh, the only good thing about Sunday was that there was no Jets football to watch. That was the good thing.
1: That was the so, highlight. Yep.
2: Right. Watch an exciting buck game, which was nice to see. You know, it's a foregone conclusion to me that, what, watch looking at the Jets' schedule, they all, are going to go either one fifteen or over 16 They might split with the Miami Dolphins, but I can't see them winning any other game. So I have no faith either way. If they draft Lawrence, if they're going to development, or if they draft, you know, trade the pick and get some other draft picks, if they're going to be able to draft the right players. I mean, I feel like I'm in a no-win situation with them.
1: Well, look, I mean, the, the, the situation now is, uh, is pretty apparent, right? And I would agree with you. I think that barring some sort of quarterback injury to either Deshaun Watson or Matt Ryan or something like that, no, the Jets can't compete against other NFL teams, but when it comes to the first overall pick, no one can compete with the Jets. That's how inept they are and just how right. bad they've been by every measurable metric. As well as the non-measure, right? Just by watching them each and every week, uh, they are that bad. So, yeah, I would say that they are the overwhelming favorites to get the number one pick this year, but. Would it really surprise you if the Jets screwed it up, right? Like, last year yeah, they were 1-7 right. and, and seemed just as lost that year as they are this year, and then they went out and won a bunch of games and uh, screwed everything up in terms of, you know, uh, getting the coach out after one year or draft pick status and all that type of stuff. So it would not shock me at all if the, they uh, end up winning a couple of games just out of spite.
2: Right. <laughs> I was telling Brian, I don't know if you saw, on Fox uh, pregame, they had this commercial called "Forget It All. It's the word forget, then it, and O-L all together. And it was a commercial about how horrible the Jets are. It's like a minute 48 spot that I told Brian if you could look it up, look it up, it's free. Hmm, it's I did funny. not see it.
1: You know what, Sal? I, never, I literally never watch any pregame show ever. I, I don't know the last time I maybe for like week one, I'll put the TV on and it'll be on in the background. But I literally never watch uh, any pregame show ever. I get down to my basement at one o'clock. I flip on the games and then I got all the and I'll sit there for seven, eight hours, however long it is. But I never watch any pregame and I generally don't really watch any post games either. I just like, you know, I just I'll, maybe I'll watch, uh, you know, the Red Zone channel here or there. But generally, I'm just watching the games.
2: Yeah, I usually I usually don't. I was doing my bills yesterday, and I was I, that was on the background also. But I also watched. I don't know if you saw the uh, E sixty with uh, about Alex Smith. It's called Project. Uh
1: I did see it at one point. Yeah, about it, all the, the the leg injury and all the stuff that he had to overcome oh, with that.
2: Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. My my, my wife was watching with me, and I I mean I was almost in tears to see what this guy had to go through and, and the. Ex- the the point of where they literally like took the tissue away from his leg, they had to reconstruct his, his leg and it's it's a miracle that he's he's got a leg you know, to even walk on now. It's just it's just amazing what they what they did for him. And in a way I, I don't want to see him, you know, come back. I want him to have you know, enjoy his joyous life with two strong legs, he's got three small kids. You know, he's got enough money. But, you know, those these athletes they have that burning desire to say, you know, what if you know, I got to give it one more shot, but I hope in his case he does it.
1: Yeah, and, and Sal, thanks for the call. And I know that uh, there's been some talk about uh, Dwayne Haskins. You know, uh, maybe it's time to bench him because the uh, Washington has struggled so badly and all that type of stuff. So uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe uh, Alex Smith, it would be in some way, it would be nice for him to get a shot. I think he's like 35 or 36, so I don't know how many years he's going to have left. To, after overcoming all that he did to get back out on the field at some point. And uh, who knows, uh, with the way Washington's playing, maybe he does get a shot to play at, at some point this year.
2: James holding on top of the arc, passes to Kuzma, triggers a three, off the rim, no, and Butler flies in. There's the triple-double with his 10th rebound of game three. Surprising shot selection there by Kyle Kuzma. First postseason triple-double in Jimmy Butler's career. Now they isolate right side. Butler backing down KCP into the lane, dotted line jumper. Yeah, he's got 34.
1: All right, so the uh, Heat won uh, Game Three of the NBA Finals last night, one fifteen to one hundred and four. So uh, isn't as I said in the open, isn't that adorable? The Heat still trying to, to win the NBA Finals. Uh, no, that, that's not going to happen. We know that uh, the Lakers are going to win, but look, they uh, at least uh, could technically say they didn't get swept. They didn't get swept, and so Game Four is not until I think Tuesday. But tonight, of course, it's the Yankees and the Rays. Our coverage gets underway 8 o'clock right here 98.7 FM ESPN New York. That ties into our poll question for today, which is, is tonight a must-win game for the Yankees? I think it is, because you lose game one with Cole on the mound, even if he's not on the mound when you lose it, right? The bullpen comes in and they lose it. What you're saying then is you got to win three of the next four against a team you've lost eight of ten to in the regular season and was the best team in the American League over the course of the season. So you win tonight, I think you got a fighting chance. Lose tonight, yeah, I think uh, you're kind of done. I think you're kind of screwed because of the format this year, the Yankees' bullpen issues, all those type of things. So uh, you can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. Somebody's already told me that their Alexa was triggered by my conversation about ordering hog mollies. So if you get a bill, that's on you. Uh, they, you allowed your Alexa to hear you. Uh, that's not my fault. I can't, I can't be uh, – if hog molly show up to your house, you should be happy. Because then just email the Giants that they can, they can order them online, and uh, maybe they'll have some hog mollies by the time the uh, next uh, game is played. Who knows? So lots of stuff to do. But we do have a new segment, and I want to hear from you. 1-800-919-ESPN, one 800 3776 But, you know, everybody has their power rankings every single week. And uh, I think the segment uh, would be a little boring for us to do. We don't have that much time, so to focus on something that everybody else focuses on would be a mistake. Want, I want the show to sound different than everybody else's. And I think that uh, we will definitely clear that bar. That you will not hear another segment that sounds quite like this anywhere else. It is the first—I know it's week four, so probably should have thought of this in week one. But it is the first week of the Gordon Damer Poop List. So the third segment on Mondays, we will break down the worst teams in the NFL. Because what else do we got to do? We got the Jets and we got the Giants. You get to spend Sunday watching maybe some good football. This weekend we did, right? No Jets. That was, a, that was a real highlight. No Jets to focus on this week. We only had the Giants. But let's start with the poop list. Team number five. Who is the fifth worst team in the NFL. Well, we've already mentioned them once. Lewis and Whippany brought them up. I would say it has to be the 0-4 Houston Texans. Yes, they don't have either their first round or second round picks this year, and to uh, compensate for trading away those picks, they also traded away DeAndre Hopkins, which seems like, uh, I don't know, seems like a mistake. I will say this. Predicting a... I could see if Deshaun Watson were to ever get hurt The Texans could really be a contender for the Jets and Giants at that top, the the number one pick overall. And right now, it's a death fight between the Jets and the Giants. Anything you can't do, we can't do even worse. Anything you suck at, we suck at more. So I don't really think the Jets and Giants have really any competition. They will get the—one of those teams will have the number one pick in the draft this year, barring some sort of major injury— But I would have the Houston Texans as the number five team on the poop list. You have any more sound effects there, Brian? There you go. All right, number four on the list. Number four, the fourth worst team in the NFL would be the Detroit Lions. Now, they're 1-3. They do have a win on the year, but look, sometimes power rankings, right? You have a team that has more wins, but they're lower down because you, don't look, you look at the quality of the competition. And you have to take a look at the quality of the Detroit Lions. They have now lost six games in a row where they've had at least a 10-point lead. Losing any of those games is inexcusable. They've lost six in a row. They've lost 12 of their last 13 games despite leading in each of them. Matt Patricia was asked about why he's the right guy to lead the Lions yesterday after that loss. He said, when I came to Detroit, there was a lot of work to do. That's what we're trying to do. When he came to Detroit, they were coming off a season, they won nine games. They've now lost 12 of 13. They've won 10 of 35 games with him as the head coach. He has the third worst winning percentage in Lions team history, which is saying something. Because have the Lions ever been good in your lifetime? Has there ever been a season where you're like, you know, what you gotta really watch out for this year? The Lions? No, there hasn't. I can tell you, unless you're like hundred years old. And you've been watching football before the you know the actual NFL, they've always been terrible. Now on the bright side, I guess you could say if he has the third worst winning percentage, I guess you could say he has the third best losing percentage. Has that pencil ever been given a word? You know, I saw somebody brought up a good point. He has that pencil in his ear. His play sheet is laminated. Why do you have a pencil, you idiot? Even Adam Gase has a red marker. So the Lions would be team number four. Team number three, the Washington football team. Yeah, they've now been outscored 95-52. to As I said, there was already talk that they might uh, bench Dwayne Haskins. The guy's played 10 NFL games. He was a first-round pick. And most importantly, you're terrible. What else do you have to do? Find out if he's the guy. Now, you might have questions of whether or not he's the guy, but what else do you have? you got all these games to play. You can't forfeit them. You can't move forward. You can't advance to the season's end you may as well play Dwayne Haskins and find out if he's the answer or not. And then at the end of the season, if he's not, well, then you know. All right, so now we come down to the real battle. The Godzilla versus Megalon. A, uh, my very first movie I ever saw at the casino in Richmond Hill, Queens. Godzilla versus Megalon. It's the Giants. It's the Jets. It's the Jets. It's the Giants. Who's number two? Because then you know who, who's number one if you know who's number two. Well, I'd have to say that number two on the list even with the recency bias, is uh, the Giants. The Giants are still not the worst team in the NFL, and they really should thank their lucky stars that at least there is the Jets. Because as long as the Jets exist, the Giants are not the worst. Now, that's not to say that this is a blowout by any stretch of the imagination. The Giants are nipping at their heels. And again, as I said before, it's almost like a case of anything you can't do, we also can't do, and we're worse at it. But at least the Giants, you'd have to say, in three or four games, they have been competitive. And yesterday, on the road, against a pretty good Rams team, a team that's pretty talented, a team that runs the ball very effectively, you were able to pretty much shut down their run. Now, you did give up the touchdown to Cooper Cup. And that kind of broke the game open because it gave them an insurmountable lead because they scored one touchdown, and the Giants can't be expected to do that. And the Giants are boring as hell. But even by all those metrics, even by all those standards, the Giants are not the worst team in the NFL, in football. That would still be the number one team on the Gordon Damer inaugural poop list is the New York Jets. That was a tight one. That was a tight one. Do I really need to say any more? I mean, do I, Do we really need any, any explanation here? That's, this is not exactly a shock, right? This is not exactly um, anything surprising. The number one choice, the overwhelming, I think, at this point, choice to get the number one pick would be the New York Jets. So our first ever poop list, our first ever fecal roster, if you will. And uh, that's how it breaks down. So the, to just kind of recap in number order, Jets 1, Giants 2, Washington 3, Detroit 4, and then uh, the Houston Texans at number 5. In case you're just joining us on this Monday and you need to know what's going on, well, the first headline is the Giants still stink. They lost the Rams yesterday, 0-4 now on the season. Daniel Jones continues to struggle. He's not really answering any of the questions you had for him coming into the year. And, and much like last year when Saquon was out. So it's another year the Giants' season is over before Halloween, but at least they have some moral victories, right? And uh, considering we don't have any actual victories to uh, count out for either the Jets or Giants, and and no real signs of when those might be arriving. As hard it is to know when uh, the Hogmollies might be arriving from Amazon Prime, the, uh, the victory is not exactly showing up on the doorstep either. Now, the defense did play pretty well yesterday, and you'd have to say that the Giants fought, the offensive line still is not very good. Still can't run the ball at all, really. But they fought, and the game was at least competitive in the second half. So uh, a moral victory, I know it sounds crazy to think that we'd be counting moral victories for the Giants or the Jets, but what else do we have to go on? And as I said in the open, we're not supposed to compare the Jets and the Giants, much like you're not supposed to compare your children. But when you have kids who uh, both have some pretty big issues, it's kind of hard not to. And at least in that comparison, the Giants turn out pretty well, right? The Giants are the kid that might get detention. The Jets are the kid that gets expelled because they dropped an F-bomb in preschool. You know, I mean, like, yeah, they're both bad, but one's way worse. So we uh, unveiled our first-ever poop list for the worst teams in the NFL, and the Giants and Jets sitting right at the top there. So uh, that uh, is one of the stories. The Yankees basically have a must-win tonight. And you know what? Before we get more phone calls in, one 800 espn which is worse, do you think? The fact that the Jets, when they were looking to hire a coach, decided, you know what, this Matt Rule guy, he's not the guy. Or is it worse that when the Giants were going to hire a coach, they did want Matt Rule, and Matt Rule didn't want them? Kind of tough to know. Kind of tough to know. Which which one is worse? Is it worse that the, the one team couldn't identify who should have been the higher. And you take a look at what uh, the, uh, the the Jets have done with Adam Gase. I'm not saying that Matt Rule is all of a sudden going to be Bill Belichick. But in terms of being able to um, you know win a couple of games, at least he's been able to win a couple of games. At least he's putting a, a, a team on the field that is somewhat competitive, unlike what you've seen with the Jets. So the Jets looked at, looked at Matt Rule and said, no, nah, no, nah, he's not right for us. We want Adam Gase. The Giants... Pretty clearly did want Matt Rule, and uh, he did not want them. So that's uh, not good for either team. Let's put it that way. All right, one eight hundred nine one nine ESPN, one eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Let's get get some a couple more calls in before we get out of here. Uh, AJ is in the Bronx. AJ, what's going on, man? Hey,
3: what's going on, man? What's uh, I was just, I was just calling to say I don't I don't this year I don't really think having the number one pick is necessarily the end all be all. There's a kid in Ohio State named Justin Fields. I think he's just as good as Trevor Lawrence he doesn't play for Clemson. And I think if people actually watch him and they're in the combine or where they could just evaluate like both QBs, I think Justin Fields' stock will rise and you'll see that he's just as good as Trevor Ake. He's just not six six with beautiful hair and looked apart, you know. He's well, 6'3". there's also not as
1: much, uh, you know. Basically, since um, Trevor Lawrence burst on the scene, you know, he, he's he's got more footage, right? I mean, it's been like two. It yeah, feels like it's been yeah, like five so, years yeah. that we've been talking about Trevor Lawrence, whereas with uh, Justin Fields, it's just been like a year and a half, pretty much. So.
3: Well, when they came out of high school, they were act- there were some there were some there were. I forgot Rivals, but one of them
2: had his Justin Fields above above Trevor. I think he's okay. just good. I, I well, look, just good. AJ. I I'm not double. telling
1: you that uh, yeah, that, that's, that that you're wrong. And I think as you get closer to the draft, and if it does turn out that the Jets and Giants are both sitting one and two. If that's the case, I think that you do have to, because, look, there's going to be house cleanings for both teams, right? There's no, you know, for all the talk about this guy's got to go and that guy's got to go, it's not really a conversation to have anymore because both guys are going to go. Adam Gase, after this season, is going to be out as Jets head coach, if not sooner. And after this season is over, if not sooner, Dave Gettleman has got to go, too. There's enough time, right? There's enough time to judge it fairly, and it's pretty clear at this point, especially the Gettleman one. I mean, he's been here even longer, and uh the, his team is is nowhere close. I mean they're they're in terms of competitive, they're more competitive than the Jets, but everybody's more competitive than the Jets. I mean there's no team that has looked more inept through the first, and it's not just even on the field, the things they say after the game, the 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 owner coming out and saying this guy is a brilliant offensive mind. So uh maybe they're not as embarrassing as the Jets have been, but no, they've been terrible too. So this is a conversation that's not going anywhere and if they do have the one and two pick and both guys are available in the draft, you'd have to think it's kind of hard to envision a scenario where the quarterbacks, either quarterback, could play well and you're sitting at one or two with the draft. Uh, let's go out to Neil in the Bronx. Neil, what's going on?
2: Good morning, Gordon. I just want to get your take on this Yankee series. Um, mm-hmm. If it goes to a Game 5, i got two questions. If it goes to a Game 5, Which bullpen is better equipped to weather a game five storm? And number two, if the Yankees lose tonight, which I hope they don't. I'm pleased I hope they don't. And a scale of one to ten, what would you give the Rays of sweeping the Yankees being Tanaka's performance in game two with the Indians wasn't that great?
1: Well, look, I think, Neil, I think that anything could happen in this series, right? Like you're saying, if if the Yankees were to lose tonight, yeah, you'd have to think that if they lost in game one with Garrett Cole on the mound, the chances of them getting swept uh, they uh, increase significantly. To talk about a game five, though, I mean, that's like talking, you know, my kid right now is in uh, seventh grade. That's like talking about when he gets to college, right? Like, I mean, I, I can't even envision what the world's going to look like at that point, never mind what uh, what I'm going to be going through. So Game 5 is way too far down the road. Let's focus on tonight. Let's get a win tonight. Because you get a win tonight. I don't care if the Rays are the better team in this season. They don't care if they won 8-10. If you win tonight in a best-of-five where you only need three, all of a sudden the Yankees' confidence is going to be there the offense is going to be clicking, so get a win tonight behind Garrett Cole, and all of a sudden all will be right in the world. You know what's not right in the world? It's not right. The show's already over. We'll be back tomorrow starting at 5, and, of course, tonight, game one right here, 98.7 FM ESPN New York with our coverage at 8 o'clock. We'll see you tomorrow. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.